trainers, grab your favorite starter, stock up on Pokeballs, and wear your comfiest shorts. Because it's time to venture out into the wilds where no 10-year-old should ever be alone. That's right, we're talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, the newest game in the long-running Pokemon series that seems to add just about everything fans have been asking for since first venturing into the tall grass back in 98. But, is Pokemon getting the Breath of the Wild treatment, or is this just another flash in the drying pan of Pokemon spinoffs? Welcome to the Totally Biased Media Podcast, a show where three guys argue about which pretend animal is the strongest. My name's Jordan. I'm Jason. And I'm Jackson. Let's get into it. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of Pokemon Legends Arceus, I just want to apologize in advance because we are going to be removing 36 episodes of the Totally Biased Media Podcast from Spotify. I know what you're thinking. It's not because we said or did anything racist. They're just not very good. (laughs) And I think now is the time in solidarity or in... Something against Spotify. I don't. I don't really know the the logic yet. But uh, now's the time for it all to come down. This really is a perfect chance for me to get rid of the episode where I accidentally said that Hot Wheels was even okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I stand by it. Hot Wheels was okay. <laughs> yeah. Look, there. Are, we've said a lot of things that I just I'm not comfortable committing to. Like, for example, we were pretty hard on Psychonauts 2 in the original episode. And I look back and I'm ashamed. <laughs> I look back and I'm just disappointed about how, uh, how bad 2021 was in terms of games. This year, we're starting it out right with at least one game that is either okay or awful. I'm not going to tell you yet. I will. Pokemon Legends Arceus? It's pretty fun. I think we got some really pointed issues we're gonna have to get into but like overall this this game's a lot better than i expected it to be pretty much across the board other than visuals those are as bad as i expected them to be and we'll tell you why shortly as someone that has not really enjoyed a pokemon game since omega ruby Alpha sapphire this might be the first one since then that i'll actually finish <laughs> well okay i've finished other ones uh i just mean one that i will still enjoy by the time i finish it <laughs> yeah i've finished every pokemon game i've started jackson's entering his redemption arc it's it's here <laughs> like this could be where a lot of people jump back on the series i think that tried and true fans are actually going to like it less than some of the mainline games but like from what i've seen on twitter at least especially with people that are you know a bit older than me and weren't you know we're already like a little bit too old for pokemon by the time it dropped this is the first game that they're really enjoying like as its own thing which is which is cool to see even if unfortunately it came at some sacrifices that i don't think the series necessarily needed to make to be at this point i definitely i definitely have my issues with this game and i've hit a few low points with it where i was just like i really don't want to play this anymore but 
I, I hopped back on it today before reviewing, and I was like, yeah, I need, I need, to, I need to play more of this. This is pretty good. <laughs> before we get into any of that too specifically, why don't we kind of set up what this game is, and specifically what is different about this game from what we have personally played of other Pokemon games. Okay, so imagine Pokemon, but you only battle a trainer uh, like every five hours. <laughs> this game is centered on catching Pokemon. Battling, there's obviously still battling. There were even some new changes to battling and some important things taken away. But I don't really know why. Like, why aren't abilities and held items in this game anymore? That's just weird to get rid of. But it's centered on catching Pokemon. Which, as bad as most of the open world in this game is, it, it lends itself to that. And it, I think it's an interesting take for open worlds, even if there is a lot of problems with it. So, this is an open world, kind of similar in style to, like, Monster Hunter, where it's not in, like, one large map, but a few smaller maps. Where you're tasked with going out, catching Pokemon. Every now and then, you got a, you got a boss to fight who's a really powerful Pokemon. As someone who is not really cared for battling, even when I did enjoy Pokemon, I think this is a good step in the right direction for the future of Pokemon. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and hop right in. Uh, Jackson was really burying the lead on that one, but uh, um, you can just straight up throw a Pokeball, and if it hits them, there's a good chance that you'll catch them. Generally works exactly how you'd expect a Pokeball to work in the rest of the games, but without the, the beginning part where you have to weaken the Pokeball. You still have to sometimes on stronger ones, but with weaker ones, especially stuff in the early game, you can just throw Pokeballs left and right, and you're just going to catch everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just go in and catch, like, five Bidoofs in the first 30 seconds. And it also introduces some more action-y mechanics that sort of contribute to that whole feel. So it's not just run around and throw a Pokemon, Pokeball as you see a Pokemon. You know, they can do a couple different things. Some are flighty and will take off as soon as they see you. Some are aggressive and will want to fight. Some will just chill there. Like, you can walk up on a feel on a beach and it just hangs out. And it, like, looks at you and, like, does a little dance type thing. And then it just stays there. Basically, you know, every Pokemon reacts differently to you as the trainer. And, you know, you kind of have to know, like, well, I need to try and you know, hide in the tall grass and throw a Pokeball at this one from far away because it'll run if I get too close. Or this one's super aggressive, so the best chance I have is to engage it and try and get behind it and throw a Pokemon at its back. Because if you throw a Pokemon at another Pokemon's back, you get two turns in the beginning of the battle instead of one. And it puts a lot more emphasis on the actual movement that you were doing as a trainer around the battle, not just what's happening in the battle which I think is a very, very good change and is sort of the core reason that I think a game that's as grindy as this one still feels good to play. With this game, you could generally, at least for your trainer, play it as a stealth game. Yeah. Just kind of sneaking around, throwing Pokeballs at Pokemon when you see them. Or if it's, you know, if you throw a Pokeball and it doesn't work the first time, you got to reposition or start a battle with the Pokemon. Because if a Pokemon is alerted to your presence, then it'll start trying to attack you sometimes. You know what Pokemon don't react to? Other Pokemon. <laughs> if there are two wild Pokemon near each other, they don't do anything with each other at all. They just, like, keep moseying around in the grass. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it's especially kind of disappointing in early areas. Because you'll see, like, Starly and Wurmples 
right next to each other. And uh, from my understanding, birds usually eat worms. <laughs> but yeah. not in Pokemon. Apparently, they'll just stand next to each other, no problem. Won't even won't even look at each other. I want to see Pokemon get viciously attacked by other Pokemon. So Jackson kind of alluded to it earlier, but it's not just the Pokemon, you know, disconnected from each other that kind of takes away from the life of the map or the the life of the world. It's also just the map itself is quite bland and it doesn't look the best. So like exploring and finding Pokemon for the first time is cool, but once you've sort of made your way around a certain chunk of the map enough times and you've seen all the Pokemon that spawn there, you're kind of just like making a loop around an ugly map, which is a big misstep on a game that's so centered around exploration. Yeah, there's a really big issue with just a complete and utter lack of major landmarks on the maps. Some of them will have things like some ruins randomly uh, or maybe like a big tree. But 90% of the map is just kind of flat. Or not not even necessarily flat, but just uninteresting. It's just boring. (laughs) And it's really kind of made worse by the fact that there's a lot of uh, repeating textures. Or they'll use the same tree model, like, all over the place. And it's really weird if you have, like, a a very high up view of an area. uh, Especially where you can see, like, evergreen trees. Like, tall, you know. And they're just all the same tree. They look yeah. exactly the same. They have all the same markings. It's just it's very weird and kind of takes you out of it in a lot of ways. And you have the same issue with water because it's just the same the same small square just repeated over and over. And we've yeah. seen that they can do water better than that. I don't know why it looks yeah. so bad in this game. Like when you're when you're within the render distance, it looks fine. Like still not great, but like once you're past the distance the game will render stuff well it just it's utter garbage one of the worst games i've seen on this and those render distances are abysmal like the draw distance on pokemon and even like grass and trees and stuff is ridiculous there will be things that will pop up into your line of sight when you're only like 30 feet away like you should have seen that stuff so much further away yeah and it's especially bad with some pokemon that'll detect you and get skittish for really far distances yeah a really bad one is uh with abra as soon as it sees you it'll teleport away and you just can't catch it anymore you gotta wait for it to respawn or leave the map or something and it'll just pop in yeah it'll just pop in like 15 feet away from you and it'll already have seen you by the time that it loads it's it's just weird because i keep seeing this game compared to legend of zelda breath of the wild and I get where people are coming from, or at least I understand what they saw in this game and thought, like, let's put these beside each other. But I'm not even asking for Pokemon Breath of the Wild. I'm just asking for, like, Wind Waker at this point. Like, just (laughs) make it look like it came out this century, please. You know, it's funny that you're saying that, because my my thought when I was looking at this game was, this game would have been great if it was a GameCube launch title. Yeah. (laughs) The visuals are bad, but anybody that kept up with the media cycle on this game whatsoever or has read any reviews or played it for 30 seconds understands that. So let's sort of focus on a few of the, what I would consider positive changes in the in the game. So these new battle mechanics, sort of a temperature check. How do you all feel about them so far? I love them when I'm using them and when I'm fighting wild Pokemon. 
but they just seem really weirdly inconsistent when you're fighting trainers. I'll agree uh, with that. Because you have two styles whenever you use a move. You can use it in agile style or strong style. So agile style gives you a chance of getting more turns, but the, the move is weaker. And strong style will do more damage, and it'll also have increased accuracy, I believe. Yes. But it'll slow you down. So there's a good chance that the enemy Pokemon will attack twice. I feel like they just didn't do enough with those. They took out abilities and held items and put this in in their place. I don't think there's enough to it. Like, I think there should be more styles that you can do. Like, if they had something where, like, there was a style that for, like, the next few turns, your special attack would be increased while your defense is decreased or something. I don't know. There's moves that do that. I don't think styles should... I, I think that the styles are fine with the way that they are. It, it's really just control over turn order more than anything. I just I think that I think that would have been a good way to move away from those type of moves and have them implemented in a different way. I think that this is a really really strong decision that actually they didn't go far enough with, and I think a big part of that is what Jason said about it feels inconsistent. For example, if you use a strong style move your opponent's definitely going to go twice before you go the next time. But if you use an Agile-style move, it still only lets you go twice sometimes. Sometimes it's further down the turn order. And then some moves, you can go twice, period. Like Quick Attack, sometimes you can just go a second time after using it, even if you do it in regular style. So there's a lot to juggle with it that I think either needs to be made more clear or they just need to simplify that part of it and then add some complexity to the actual effects that come from those changes. I think if we see more games in this style, which I'm suspicious we will, I bet there will be future moves and stuff that actually fundamentally change based on what stance you're in. Specifically, like, some Pokemon signature moves and things. If they stick with this. I, I don't know if they will. What's really annoying is that it seems like in trainer battles, what that leads to is the trainer will throw out a Pokemon... And then it'll be that trainer's turn. Because I, I think that if you faint, if your Pokemon faints and then you throw out a new Pokemon, it is your turn. So what happens is you'll defeat one of their Pokemon. They'll throw out another one and one hit KO you. And there's nothing you can do about it because you don't have a chance to switch Pokemon. That's happened to me a lot because at the end, near the end, I wasn't really high enough level for the uh, final boss. So I actually spent some time like grinding against trainers. <laughs> level up all of my pokemon <laughs> i just ended up in a position much like what happened to me in diamond and pearl where i ended up with half my team being weak to ground types so i would just go into a battle turns out that trainer has every pokemon knows a ground type move and they just like take out two or three of my pokemon in one swoop <laughs> so it it happens but i still think that the stances are overall a positive thing and if they can work out some kinks i think this is sort of the rejuvenation that Pokemon's battle system has needed for a very long time. Speaking of trainer battles, how do you guys feel about the very small amount of them that are in the game? It's weird. I didn't like them at first, and I grew to like them as the game went on, and you start to see them more as the game goes on. But at first, there just aren't many, and when they do happen, they're annoying. Because they're ridiculously weak. So let's, let's talk about the way the Pokedex works in this game. So in the previous games, Pokedex has been a big part of it, but never quite to this level. So 
pretty much starting with Pokemon. The campaign in this is the Pokedex. Starting in Pokemon Red and Blue, if you caught a Pokemon, it filled out the entire Pokedex for that Pokemon. In this game, there's a little bit more to it. So after you catch a Pokemon, you get a list of objectives related to that Pokemon. And you have to fill out a certain number of them to complete the Pokedex entry for that Pokemon. And those tasks are generally pretty straightforward. There's normally, you know, catch so many, battle so many. Uh, There's some that are related to the size of the Pokemon. There's some related to using certain moves. But you you have a multitude of ways you can fill out the Pokedex of any Pokemon. And not only is filling out the Pokedex much more involved than it used to be, that's also basically your core metric for how far you've made it in the game catching and filling out pokedex entries is your main form of progression there are no more badges you just get a rank based on how many pokemon you've caught and you've completed the decks for which personally i think is a really cool direction but i'm interested to see what you guys think of that as like the bread and butter of the game (laughs) so i personally have always kind of been into completing the pokedex i've only done it in a few games but I really enjoy that in the mainline games, but sometimes it feels like too much work or too tedious of things that you need to do, especially with rare Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. There's there's a lot of inconsistencies. Like some Pokemon you can do very, very simple things, and then other ones, generally the ones that were harder to find in the first place, want you to use you know, really specific moves, or they want you to defeat them in certain ways, but you only find that Pokemon, you know really really infrequently so yeah and some of them are weird like uh, a lot of them you you need to feed the pokemon like throw berries to it and that's fine for some of them but like if you want to do that for snorlax i think you have to throw a hundred berries to actually (laughs) complete his let me just read one because this is something that i've talked to two of my friends about like just just sort of explain like this is a big part of the game and both of them were like really weirded out by this concept like in premise but just to show it's it's not as crazy as it sounds. So this is the Pokedex entry for Shinx, which is one of the most common Pokemon in the first area. So you the objectives are catch the Pokemon, defeat the Pokemon, defeat the Pokemon with ground-type moves, watch it use Quick Attack, watch it use Bite, catch different forms, and evolve it. So you have seven different ways, and you only have to score ten points some of those get you multiple points, like using Quick Attack, use it once, use it three times, use it six times, whatever. Each of those gives you two points, so it's quick. Like, you can you can fill out a Pokedex entry in, like, ten minutes for most Pokemon. Probably less than that for some of them. But, like, your rarer Pokemon or your Pokemon that have, you know, some signature moves they learn at higher levels, some of those you have to grind a little bit. I like that. I feel like a lot of times when clearing out the Pokedex... You'll just catch a Pokemon and then never use it because, you know, you don't plan on using it. You don't plan on having it as part of your team. But, you know, when you add in stuff like having to use this move or that move or defeat this Pokemon by this move or stuff like that, I I feel like you actually, you know, spend time with the Pokemon that you're catching for the Pokedex. Yeah, it's all fun and games until it's one where it jumps from, like, some of them go 1, 3, 6, 20, 40. Yeah. For using like, a move. Like, mm. even looking at Shinx for 
quick attack, it's 1, 3, 6, 12, 25. So using quick attack 25 times is going to take a while. Which if you're using one on your team, 25 times is nothing. But if you're just using one to fill out the Pokedex, that's going to take an eternity. Yeah, and it's it's really yeah. annoying with certain Pokemon that are hard to find. Where it'll have, let's say, five survey tasks, right? It'll be like, catch the Pokemon, catch alphas of the Pokemon, defeat the Pokemon, defeat it with this move. And then the last one will be like, use this move. And it'll be like 40 times. You're not going to find another one without grinding out time. So you're stuck using a Pokemon (laughs) you don't want for a really long time if you want to complete the Pokedex entry sometimes. I haven't haven't 100% completed a single Pokedex entry so far in 35 hours of playing the game. Oh, well, yeah, I, I just mean getting it to the 10. Oh yeah, the, the, even for some Pokemon, getting it all the way to ten is you know a bit annoying. But yeah. I still think, for the most part, that being sort of a way to expand on using that Pokemon more than just catching them and forgetting about it, I, I still think is a, a good way to do it. It's just they needed to sort of fine tune some of the objectives. Yeah, and and for research tasks though, you can get them past level ten, uh, but there is no reason to. <laughs> uh, from my understanding. You'll get to max rank just by catching all the Pokemon and getting them to rank 10. But if you if you keep doing it and you complete all the research tasks, it just gets marked with a star, basically. Yeah. It's like, good job. Filling out the Pokedex is sort of your main metric for how you're doing in the game. But there's still a story element that's tied to these noble Pokemon. And basically, each region has this one sort of, like king emperor type pokemon that's like keeping everybody else safe and they're in charge and they're the big guy and when the game starts this rift opens up over the hisui region your character falls out and this rift also starts striking the noble pokemon with lightning when they get struck they get even bigger and more aggressive and your goal in the game is to go and sort of quell these nobles and the way you do that uh, leading up to the battle is, you know, pretty standard RPG stuff. It's some fetch quest stuff. It's some just, you know, meet me here and we'll talk about this. Now meet me here. We'll talk about this. It's very Pokemon. It's very fine. I don't really have any issues with it necessarily, but it's just, you know, it's what you'd expect. What is not what you would expect is the actual battles with the noble Pokemon themselves. So, Jackson, you've only done the first one, is that correct? I've only done the first one. What did you think of that? Man, that was boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so explain the mechanics of it a little bit, because it's the polar opposite of everything else about Pokemon. The way it works is you were given an item to throw at this Pokemon that after throwing enough of it will calm it down. That, I mean, that's pretty much the whole fight. Like, it'll try to attack you. By you, I mean the trainer, not the Pokemon. Uh, you can dodge out of the way. And, like, you can lead it into running into stuff and then fight it with Pokemon that takes out a good chunk of its health. But, like, because of the time it takes to do that, you're better off just keep on throwing the, like, forest bombs or whatever they're called. And it's just, it's boring. Yeah, you can keep throwing bombs at them. Sometimes there are things you can do that'll stun them and then you can fight them with your pokemon and if you win the fight it'll stun them and also make your bombs stronger so you can just keep chucking them uh the problem is that they're not stunned for long enough so 
unless you can like one hit KO the Pokemon in the battle, you're better off just keep throwing the bombs instead. So I thought that was the case. So, And I think with the first two nobles, that is the case for sure. Yeah, after the first two, I was just one hit, ki- one hit killing them, though. Yeah, yeah, that's also fair. Like, from the third one on, I don't know that you could finish them without doing some level of Pokemon battling. No, you, it's, you definitely could. Some of them aren't terrible, but for the most part, this was just... It's boring at best, and it's straight-up tedious at worst. I don't hate them, but I don't think they... I think they just took away from the game. The game really holds your hand sometimes in ways that I don't like. And I get that it's made for children. So, like, the hand-holding option should be there. For sure. For sure. But after you take out the fifth one, or maybe right before you take it out, there's, like, a puzzle area you go through in a temple. And before you walk in, the guy standing at the door just tells you the solution to the puzzle. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's why? how puzzles work don't put the puzzle there if you're just gonna tell me what the answer is don't waste my time yeah it's it's very strange it's also inconsistent like sometimes this game is very very easy and then other times it's actually like more difficult than the mainline pokemon games and it's just it's all over the place i think that at the end game stuff is definitely much more difficult than the stuff leading up to it one thing that's kind of good about it is that even if you don't fight a Pokemon, you get a decent amount of experience for your party. Uh, EXP shares on by default. The Pokemon you throw out gets a little bit more experience. And then you can also get experience by throwing your Pokemon to collect berries from a tree or destroy a rock for you. <laughs> Which, it doesn't tell you about some of the stuff that you can destroy with Pokemon. Specifically, there are caves that are blocked off at the ends by, I guess, just a cave-in, like a rockfall. And the game doesn't tell you that you can break those. <laughs> I remember when I first came across one of those and just like, I was just standing there for a while thinking, I, what, what can I do to get rid of this? It's, I've seen some really interesting discourse on, on social media about this specifically. Because there's some people that are just like, yeah, every Pokemon game in the past, you needed a special Pokemon or a special ability to get that. Why would I have thought to just throw a Pokemon? And then there are other people, I'm guessing mainly people that didn't play the older Pokemon, that were just like, obviously you just throw a Pokemon at it and they break it. I didn't figure this out until like 10 hours into the game. Had you figured it out by the time I told you? I think that was when you told me, was when we were on the stream. <laughs> and oh, I realized, yeah, that's when I, that's when I found out. Yeah. Speaking of weird gates about how you get around... Rideable Pokemon. In the game, there are a handful of special Pokemon that you can form a bond with. And then you can't use them on your team just from this, but you can then use them to kind of get around the map. They serve pretty basic functions. You know, one just helps you get around faster. One helps you find hidden items. One helps you climb. One helps you swim. Stuff like that. It's it's cool to see. And it's something that I think was good when it was added back in Sun and Moon. But... I'm a little bit disappointed because Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee basically lets you ride every Pokemon that was big enough to feasibly ride. And they all had unique animations for carrying you or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And then this game just, you you get the five that you're given and that's it. And even if you catch your own version of those Pokemon, you still can't ride them. I think we've gotten all this way without even mentioning alpha Pokemon, like what they are. 
There, there are new Pokemon that are between the noble Pokemon that like rule over the area and just the normal ones called Alphas. And they're basically just larger and have better stats than the ones around them. They're also significantly higher level. Yeah. The biggest thing, though, is that they're big. They're much yeah, bigger. Very big. They got very glowing big. red eyes. A lot of them made me realize that the size of the alpha Pokemon is just what the size of these Pokemon should have been anyways. <laughs> yeah. Especially with, um, like, Torterra. Torterra is not very big in the games. But when you see an alpha Torterra, you're like... That's just what a normal one should look like, because yeah. it's big enough for you to, like, walk around on a little bit. And some of them are much bigger than, like, the noble Pokemon that you can ride, which is a little disappointing, because Weirdeer is the the big one that you can ride around that just makes you faster. And I have, like, an alpha Weirdeer that's at least double the size of the one that I could ride, and that's very disappointing. Because obviously I want to ride the largest Pokemon that I can find. I, I do think that... The alphas are a very cool addition, even if I don't think they do quite enough with them. I have had some moments where, like, as a 27-year-old person, I would see an alpha Pokemon, like, an alpha version of a Pokemon I really like, and, like, I would audibly be like, yes! (laughs) Like, for some reason, there was something just inherently cool about finding, like, an alpha Roserade, or an alpha Gallade, or, ooh, alpha Empoleon, like... I, I like I feel like I physically jumped when I saw that thing. Like, sounds like you reacted to that the same way that I did when I saw an Alpha Haunter, and I was like, finally, my team is complete. <laughs> yeah, I can have a giant uh, Gengar on my team. I guess all of the rideable Pokemon are either new Pokemon or new variants of existing Pokemon. There's actually quite a few new Pokemon and new variants. What do you guys think of some of the new designs? I have not even... I don't think I've found any where I am in the game other than Ursa Luna, which is all right, I guess. Well, Weird Deer and Cleaver, you've seen both of those. No, I think Cleaver's kind of interesting since he has axes for hands. <laughs> I don't really like Ursa Luna that much. Like, he's bigger and I guess somewhat more bear-like, but Ursa Ring standing on his hind legs made him much more imposing. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Like, he loses some of that just by the fact that he walks on all fours. The Um, Hisuian variants are kind of cool. Especially, like, uh, Voltorb and Electrode. Which really raises the question of, are the Pokeballs supposed to look like them? Because Pokeballs were just invented, but, like, Electrode and Voltorb have clearly been around at least for a while. I'm surprised there's not, and there might be, a side mission somewhere in there where, like, someone in the cores... Is just like, hey, bring me a, an electrode because we're designing a new Pokeball and that's our inspiration or whatever. Like, I'm surprised there's not something that circles it back to, yeah, we we were watching them when we designed them or whatever. But, I like the new yeah. uh, the new Growlithe line. Asui and Zoroark is awesome. Like one of yeah. the coolest Pokemon I've seen. I didn't know Zoro and its line was even in the game until you encounter one of those in the story. That is one I'm really hoping to get. It's cool because it's like it's not only like a really good design like normal ghost is such a weird type for a pokemon and I love those weird types. <laughs> oh yeah, and the, there's new variants for the starters as well. Yeah, which that was certainly something I wasn't expecting. I think visually they've definitely grown on me. 
I, I don't like Typhlosions. I feel like the original Typhlosion design is supposed to look like fierce, and this one just kind of looks like a surfer dude. Yeah. And like, I guess that would have been okay if I had known what I was getting into, but it, it was a little disappointing to evolve my Quilava and get that out of it. Samurots, I think, just looks too similar to its original form. Like, it's not bad. It's just, it's just kind of boring. I, Samurot's definitely my least favorite. Kind of reminds me a lot of Luxray, then. You say Luxray looks like Dialga? Luxray looks like a lion. No, he's blue. He's stains on all four. Pretty big guy. <laughs> okay, this conversation's <laughs> getting away from us. Remus reminds me a lot of Dialga. You know, he purple. He's a pretty big guy. <laughs> let's Let's bring it on. Let's bring it on back. We've we've gotten into the nitty gritty. Jackson, give us your your final thoughts on Pokemon Legends Arceus. The best thing about this game is that for people like me who have fallen out of Pokemon in recent years, this is a very good place to jump back in. Because while it still has a lot of my issues with Pokemon in general, it fixes a lot of the other issues. And I think this is, this is the first time I've actually felt like trying to beat a Pokemon game since Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And that's just that's just kind of a feeling that I didn't realize I missed. And I'm glad to have that back with this game. There's still, like I said, a lot of problems that I'd like to see fixed in future start installments of, I guess, the Legends series, or if this is going to be the new like mainstay of the Pokemon series. Don't really know what's going on there because they haven't said. But I think it's an all-around pretty good game. I feel lukewarm, I, I guess. I really like the new catching mechanics and definitely the new stances for battle. I kind of hope they'll expand upon that in the future. And exploring around in like an open world is kind of cool because especially with the more recent games, they've gotten very linear. It's cool seeing that these areas kind of expanded out. Getting to see all the Pokemon like in their natural habitats is really cool. A little disappointing that they don't interact with each other at all. A lot of the stuff about it is it just feels like we should have been here already. This is what people have been asking for from Pokemon for 20 years. Why did it take 20 years to get this? Like a first step towards what people have been asking for. It, it definitely seems like, you know, visually and world design wise, that this game could have been on the GameCube. Pokemon is the most valuable franchise in the world. And this just doesn't feel like it's that good. I feel like this game should have blown people away a little bit more. And it, it just didn't. You guys know what I'm talking about? For sure. Yeah. For sure. It seems like they rushed to get it out a little bit. Because there are like a lot of little things that probably could have been changed that would have made the game more fun to play for longer periods of time. The gameplay loop's neat, but like I mentioned, it can get a little bit grindy with some of the like rarer Pokemon filling out their decks. It's just hard, because like this is what I've been asking for in a Pokemon game for a really long time. And I'm generally pretty happy about it. But I, I feel like if this game had just spent a little bit longer in development, it could have been much better. Game Freak made this game. Ilka made the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Game Freak has been working on this game since Sword and Shield, which has been over two years ago now. So it's already a longer break than they generally take, and it's still looks this rough i i don't even know that the fix at this point is necessarily more time it might just be they need to offload the legend series onto a studio better suited for making it 
I don't want to sound all negative. Like, I really did enjoy this game. It just feels a little short of my expectations. And I don't feel bad saying that I expected more from the largest and, you know, like, most successful media franchise in the world. The Pokemon games, with the amount of money that Pokemon the brand makes, should be the best-looking and most content-rich games ever made. And what we are getting is years behind just, like, the average game of any given time period. I really don't have much to say about this game that you guys haven't already hit home. But for me, it's just, it's weird. Because I really, really enjoy the core loop of this game. And I'm absolutely still going to be digging into this game for many, many hours to come. But I don't understand why they had to make the sacrifices they did to get there. Because, you know, there's only 250 Pokemon. So it's not like we're dealing with the the quote-unquote size issues that they claimed were responsible for all the downsides of Sword and Shield. Like, why did we have to give up things like held items and abilities and breeding and just a lot of the cool, more complicated stuff of Pokemon? Like, that didn't need to go away for this game to be what it is. But it did, because they just didn't want to take the time to implement it. And for a game franchise that has the capacity that Game Freak and the Pokemon Company and Nintendo has, I just, I don't know why this is what we got, if that makes sense. Because, like, at its core, I'm still having a lot of fun with this game. It's a good Pokemon game, and it's even, it's better than most of the, the mainline games have been recently. The standard we judge about Pokemon by, like, we don't judge anything else by that standard, and that sucks. Pokemon gets a much lower bar for some reason. Again, it's really fun. I don't want to end this on just saying, like, everything wrong with it. I think this is the most, just the outright most fun that a Pokemon game has been probably since, like, the Game Boy Advance, maybe the DS era. Like I said when we started talking about this, being able to just run out into the field and catch, like, five Bidoofs in a row, it's just really fun. (laughs) And it's even better when you have five maps and you can access, like, a hundred different Pokemon in just a few minutes based on like the direction you go and stuff so like there there is a lot of very cool stuff here it's just we didn't need to have such a big visual downgrade and so much just cut out from the game to get there but i think that's just about enough talking about the game so let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back with something else Legends Arceus kind of taught us that sometimes a little bit of reinvention is exactly what a a series needed. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other series that we really like to see get the Legends Arceus treatment. So Jackson, why don't you kick us off with your game? I love Mass Effect. Mass Effect 2, it's in my top three games of all time. And, you know, there's, there's a lot there that is great. But... It's combat and controls have not aged super well, at least in my opinion. I think, because, I mean, they're working on a new Mass Effect, either 4 or 5, whatever you want to call it. And it really makes me hope one of the big things coming is a reinvention of the combat and control scheme. I still want it to be a cover space shooter, because I 
This is one of the very few cover-based shooters I like. But sometimes the controls feel very wonky. Like, especially in 3, where if you want to... For example, if you want to vault over an object, you cannot do that unless you are already behind the object. So you cannot, like, be sprinting at it and then jump over it. Nah, you gotta you gotta get up to it, crouch by it, and then jump over it. <laughs> Which is just really weird. I look, I know those are kind of minor, but like I honestly do not really like the combat in Mass Effect very much. I think that's fair. And the only other um cover based shooter that really comes to mind that I like the combat of a good bit, it still has some issues, is Division, and mostly Division 2, because I never really played the first one. Which, like, it's it's a, it's a cover-based shooter. You're not doing a whole lot of moving. Uh, the problem with Division is bullet sponge enemies, which Mass Effect does not have that problem. I feel like enemies are very well-designed and are very smart AI. Um, but I feel like the, your character yourself... Like, I know it's a cover-based shooter. You're not going to be doing tons of movement. But I feel like there's so often that you were locked to just staying in one spot because of the mechanics of the game. And I would like to be able to move around more. Well, I got some good news for you about Mass Effect Andromeda. It added a jetpack. <laughs> nah, I'm not really looking for that. Like, Just more fluidity to what they already have. Yeah. That yeah, that's the great way to sum it you up. You can jump around and move between cover pretty easily. Yeah, Mass Effect's combat is not very fluid. It's very bulky. You feel like you're driving a tank when you're really Commander Shepard, and I want to feel more like I'm controlling Commander Shepard and not a tank. I think this is just yeah. a difference of opinion on Commander Shepard. I just thought Commander Shepard was a tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's definitely a tank in terms of power. But it feels like you were driving, like, an actual object that's the size of a room. <laughs> the game I would personally really like to see sort of reinvented would be the Jack and Daxter franchise. Now, if you're older than Jackson, you're probably pretty familiar with Jack and Daxter, at least a few of the games. I genuinely don't know anyone that was gaming in the PS2 era that didn't play these games. And... If you're even a little bit familiar, you know the incredibly weird thing that happened between Jack and Daxter and Jack 2. What was that? So basically, Jack and Daxter is this happy-go-lucky platformer where you scale across a colorful world with very you know, over-the-top characters that do all sorts of wacky things, and you play mini-games, and you collect items, and you know, it's very... Very generic platformer, but still very good. Like, one of the better ones of the era. So Jack 2 comes along, and you are shot forward into the future. You're captured by the, like, military police guys. Uh, Jack is tortured for a couple years. And when he comes out, he is this grizzled, angry man that uh, takes up a gun and shoots everyone in the city. He also curses a lot. When oh. In the first game, he didn't even talk. Yeah, the first game, he does not speak. The second game, <laughs> one of his first lines is a curse word. So that's fun. The two games, interestingly enough, are both very good. It's just they're so fundamentally different. And what, I What's think... fun is they're very fundamentally different, 
while keeping the same basics. Right. Jack moves exactly the same in Jack 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. He just also has a gun. <laughs> he has a gun. He has several guns. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess it's just one so, gun that he swaps the mods on all the time. Yeah. So sort of the reinvention that I would want for this series is kind of twofold. So the first would be gameplay mechanics, I think, should go the direction of Ratchet & Clank. Go to third-person platforming. When you hold a trigger, you go to the over-the-shoulder aiming so you can fire your gun like that. Because what the game did in Jack 2 and 3 is basically just whichever direction you're looking, he kind of auto-locks on the closest enemy in that direction. Like, you can't, you can't just aim your gun. Or when you can, you can only aim it on, like, a flat plane. And that wasn't great. I mean, it worked for what it was. And the game never overwhelmed you with enemies, so it was fine. But, like, kind of go to that third-person over-the-shoulder aiming that was sort of, you know playstation's bread and butter there in like the ps3 era and i think for tone you gotta meet somewhere in the middle <laughs> i think that that just god awful uh jack and daxter game that came out like at the very end of the ps2 era i can't remember what it's called the lost frontier or the final frontier something something of that effect yeah it actually did a decent job with tone because it was more colorful environments. It had a little bit cheerier of a story, but it still had the you know some of the world and characters from Jack Two and Three. And if that game wasn't a mechanical nightmare that came way way after the rest of the series for some reason, I think it actually got some stuff right. So I think a game that goes back to that world but lets you aim over the shoulder and lets you you know go back to exploring more colorful and vibrant worlds and don't make you drive cars and ships all the time yeah yeah uh the driving actually wasn't terrible in the jack games there was just about 10 times as much of it as there should have been especially in jack 3 and i think lost frontier had a lot of stuff where you were in a spaceship it was something like that's just a series that i think so many people would agree deserves another shot both of your games sound pathetic because the only game in the entire world that needs a reinvention desperately is Nintendogs. The hit dog game from the DS and the 3DS where you you did dog stuff. The hit dog game. <laughs> in Nintendogs, you played with your dog in your living room. You would take your dogs for walks around the block. You would go to the kennel and get a new dog and you'd get rid of the old one. Because you can only have so many dogs. (laughs) You had to teach your dog its name by saying it into the microphone over and over and over and over and over again. I want a complete Uh. reinvention. Think in those games when you took your dog for a walk, you didn't have to do anything, but it was like real time. Yeah, for some reason. I want it to be kind of like The Sims. You can go and meet other dogs and take them for dog play dates. You can go to the dog park and play with strangers' dogs, and also your own dog. And the dogs are there the whole time. There's none of this. There's none of this throwing a frisbee or whatever, because, well, actually, no, you still throw the frisbee. But that part was good, actually. It was bad, but then it was good when I thought about it, because I do want to throw things for the dog to go play fetch with. Yeah. Do you have any questions? 
No, but I think you should somehow sell this idea to Niantic because I think that uh, they would turn it into a bajillion dollar franchise. Open world, when you want to get a new dog, you have to take a picture of a real dog. <laughs> and then it, it makes a dog based on the dog you took the picture of. Now, I know that on some level this is a joke, but just think, Dogs Go. Like, you know that game would be an absolute massive success. I think instead it's, of being on your phone, it should just be on like a little keychain. Tamagotchi Nintendog. I figured it out. Honestly, I just like dogs and I want a whole game about playing with dogs. Yeah. Why can't we go dogs. back to the good old days? And when you do a dog show, you go there and there are actual other people. Uh, and then someone gets murdered. Rest in peace. And then <laughs> what? no more Nintendogs. Sorry. <laughs> He's not saying in-game. He's saying you just go there in real life, and then one of the people there is a murderer. Sounds a little sus. I love Nintendogs. I mean, I haven't played it since the DS, of course, because I'm not a crazy person. But, like, If they released the time, a Nintendogs on the Switch, would you play it? For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The closest we have is the Nintendogs map. Is that even in the new Smash, actually? I can't remember. I think so, yeah. I know the last yes, one is. had a Nintendogs map. I couldn't remember if Ultimate did. It's a lot of games... That really deserves some love. But I think it's about time to pull the plug. Jackson, what else have you been into these last couple weeks? Um, well, uh, I bought a box of Thin Mints at school. So I've just been eating those uh, the past few days. <laughs> You've just nice. been eating those for days? <laughs> and... <laughs> And you while have I've been one doing box that, of Thin Mints and you've spent days eating it, but you haven't done anything else? But uh, while I've been eating them a few times, um, I've been playing Breath of the Wild, which I think I've said plenty of times on here before. It's my favorite game. I mostly started playing it just because so many people kept comparing it to Legend, uh, comparing Legends Arceus to it. And I got a little burnt out on Legends Arceus after like a few days because I played 15 hours that quickly. <laughs> Um, so I decided, just, you know, I already had my Switch handy, I'll just, I'll just play Breath of the Wild, and, um, unsurprisingly, after only five years, it still holds up. (laughs) I know, no one, no one thought that was gonna happen. Something interesting that I've been thinking about, but that's enough about Legend of Zelda. I picked up the mobile port of Professor Layton in the Curious Village, which was a DS game from, like, 2006 or something like that, very early in the DS's life cycle, uh, where you play as a detective or a professor who goes around and you're trying to solve a crime and also find, like, the hidden treasure that some guy left to his family or whatever on his deathbed. It's complicated. I don't want to get into it that much with the whole story thing, but... It's basically just you wander around the town solving puzzles, and it, it's good fun. And I, I think it's honestly better on mobile than it was on the sw- or on the the DS, just because you know you can just you can just play it for five minutes and solve like one or two puzzles, you know, anytime you want, and then just save it and put it back down. It, it's very much like kind of uh, spread out into just chunks like all the story kind of comes at once and you know when it's going to come more more or less so if you just want to explore around the town and find all the puzzles then you can and there is also some additional like uh hidden items and stuff like that, that they added around the map for the mobile release um hmm. but yeah it's been 
pretty good fun. Jordan, I know you played the Professor Layton games like when they came out. Yeah, I was really into these games back in back when they were first introduced in the in the West. What always really impressed me about Professor Layton was that it wasn't just that there was a lot of puzzles. It was how incredibly varied they are. Some are straight up logic puzzles, some are more traditional video gamey puzzles, some are just environmental stuff. Like it it has a little bit of everything, which I think is really cool. I'm really interested in digging back in. I know there was a an entirely new game in the franchise that came out on mobile a couple of years ago that I think might even be on Apple Arcade now um, that I really need to, to give a shot because I've heard really good things. But yeah, they're they're really good games. I would I would definitely like to dig back in at some point in the near future. Now they just need to put the uh, Ace Attorney games on mobile. Although I don't know if that would work because those are much longer. Yeah, that would be hard to get into for long stretches i guess before uh he says this i do want to say i uh have officially ate half the box of thin mints anyways you can get important update can you tweet whenever you've eaten three quarters so it's the craziest thing like totally unrelated to all this yesterday i was just like you know what i'm gonna sit down and eat some girl scout cookies and play professor Layton. <laughs> no uh i've been playing destiny uh yeah, I've been, I've been playing a lot of Destiny. I have a lot of, that I've caught up on from the previous games to get ready for the the new expansion coming in a few weeks. I know that you're We've getting too about... into it because you'll talk to Jackson about it. Yeah. About, like, what's the best assault rifle? And Jackson's like, well, the second best assault rifle is this one. You're like, I already have that one. <laughs> Who cares? It... You don't even play the multi- like the uh, the PvP part. I'm not talking about PvP. No, I meant Jordan. So, like, having the yeah. best assault ah. rifle doesn't matter that much. Well, you know. Me it, and Jordan had to take Hayden to this basketball thing the other day. So, we were just sitting in an auditorium for, like, an hour and a half. Um, I think, like, at least an hour of that, we were talking about Destiny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very all-consuming game. Like... I do genuinely really, really like the minute-to-minute gameplay. I don't think there's any shooter that even comes close. Single-player shooter that even comes close. It's just... There's so much about the game that is so aggressively anti-consumer that I just have a hard time getting my head wrapped around it. Like, they've made a game that even stupid missions, like, kill 100 enemies in this part of the map. Like, even that's fun. But... Then you look at some of the more overarching concepts in the game, and it's just like, why is it like this? I don't, as someone that loves this game, I don't know how this game has gotten any new players in the last two years. <laughs> it's it's just, it's a lot. It's so weird how much like important story stuff is locked behind the seasons that you might not even play. If you take like even a short break. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. playing the most recent expansion... And one of the characters just starts talking about his past. And I realized, like, I had no idea who he was. And it turned out yeah, he was it's... an important character from another DLC that I had played. Yeah. But he came back to life after he died. And it's, it's just not, like, strange. laying out for me at any point. He has a different name now that he's back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> like... it's, it's one of those things where, like, you blink and you miss it. But at the same time... It's not that good of a story anyways. 
So like, I've just, I've just, you know, pieced together some stuff by the random missions I've done because they promise a good gun. They're not like I'm not like pursuing them for any story's sake. But the actual gameplay is good enough that I I put up with it, and it's just I I don't know. It's like two two and a half more weeks until the next expansion, and two weeks and this two Tuesday. days, yeah. And two weeks, two days on two twenty two twenty two. I don't know what you're getting at. That's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, it's uh I'm making a conspiracy. Yeah, no, I mean, like, absolutely get why people get so into this game. I just don't understand why I did too. <laughs> it's, it's something. So I've really only been playing that in Pokemon. So, you know, I don't have much else to get into right now. So I guess that's a pretty good sign that it's time for us to bring this this episode of Totally Biased Media Podcast to a close. If you'd like to reach out to us, there are several ways to do that. You can find us on Twitter at TBMcast, on Instagram at Totally Biased Media. You can send us an email to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. We are getting into Twitch streaming at least once every other week, hoping to up that a little bit in the future. You can find that at twitch.tv slash totallybiasedmedia. And... You know, we want to hear from you on all those platforms. You know, we want to hear your recommendations for the show, uh, for what we stream, your own reviews for things that we would love to work into the podcast in some way. Whatever you want to send us, we would love to hear it, and we're happy to engage however we reasonably can. But for the Totally Biased Media Podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. And you just felt the bias. Ka-chow. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. I forgot my line.